We have trouble right here in River City, otherwise known as Chicago. The mayor is aware of that as well. We're just getting back to pre-COVID levels with a level of resources and outreach. And in the interim, violence has surged. In the interim, violence has surged because outreach has been down. This is a long fight, not a short fight. This is a fight that we must think and reimagine at every single level, be nimble in thinking about how we can help our residents. You know, every mayor deals with this, but it seems worse now. Stepped-up efforts announced by the Chicago Police Department and City Hall have not kept violent crime from rising in the downtown area, according to a Chicago Sun-Times analysis of data from 16 beats in the central, near-north, and near west police districts. The trajectory isn't good. The war continues. The struggle is real. But we are making real significant progress by changing the trajectory of the lives of the people in this city. Well, that'd be great. Let's talk to one of the authors of this, Tom Shuba from the Chicago Sun-Times, along with four of his colleagues put this together. Tom, I referenced a lot of this, I think, when it was first published and uh, yesterday quite a bit. But reading from this... In the Central Police District, which is the downtown business, dis- business district, number total of shootings, the total number of shootings per 1,000 residents, up 220% since 2019. That's the largest increase, if I'm correct, in any police district in the city. Is that correct? Yes, that, that is correct, John. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm glad you're here. Now, to people on the west or south sides, they would say, they'd roll their eyes and say, well, we've been dealing with this systemically and generationally and through decade after decade in our neighborhoods. Are we just noticing now this uptick because it's happening in the downtown business district? Yeah, I mean, I think we've been noticing the uptick in violent crime in the city in the last two years as it's been happening and kind of surging to these levels that we haven't seen since the mid-90s when things were really bad. Um, And like you said, you know, the the uh, number of people shot and killed is far higher uh, on the south and west sides of the city. Um, we didn't uh, intend to uh, undercut that fact at all. We were just kind of um, looking at the numbers here, and uh, some of this stuff is pretty stark. Um, and this kind of comes as there's been a lot of emphasis uh, within the community uh, in the downtown area and in the media um, one of the big things that happened this summer was that um, beating that happened in River North where the two guys were beat up. It was caught on camera. There were people dancing in the street. Um, there was a lot of outrage over that. And um, that wasn't even a shooting or a homicide or anything. Um, and there's been a lot of those also in the downtown area. So I think for neighborhood groups and for local aldermen uh, of that area, uh, crime is now becoming a real pressing concern. Yeah, and this is these are the delicate points of this study, this analysis that you had in the Sun-Times, but not insignificant and very influential groups like the Gold Coast Neighbors Association. They're starting to call for what? Shutting down Russian division? Just shut her down? Yeah, um, this, they, there's an idea for a program called Division After Dark, um, and... Um, or division goes dark, which would shut down every business between state and Orleans from 11 to 7. Um, that's going to be a tough ask, I think, because that area has uh, is kind of living and dying by nightlife right now. But I think what a lot of the complaints are of the neighbors is that the nightlife scene is kind of uh, 
driving some of this stuff. Well, here comes the other uncomfortable point of this piece, which you guys did a great job of alluding to out of using numbers. But when I first came to town, Cabrini Green was still open just down uh, west on Division from, you know, Rush and Division. But you felt totally safe, you know, at, at all those bars and those restaurants because there was an overwhelming police presence there. Now, the stepped-up efforts that we already referenced here at the top of our conversation, a lot of people are complaining about, as you mentioned, unchecked nightlife, but slow police response teams, times, and a growing number of unanswered 911 calls. Now, again, this is not new to people in the neighborhoods, but it certainly is new to the business owners on Rush Street, Oak Street, Michigan Avenue Division. Has there been an official response from City Hall regarding that? About the the uh, lack of response to 911 calls and uh, those sorts of things? Yes, in those those high-rent districts. You know, I talked pretty thoroughly with Alderman Hopkins about this, and, you know, this information is available, right, of how many uh, – the, the police department has this, how many officers are, are currently assigned to, to do beat work in every district. It isn't made readily available to aldermen, to all the people. Um, and that's by design is what Hopkins explained to me because the police department doesn't want to get in the middle of uh, scuffles between other people about, well, your district has this many people and we only have this many people, so we should get these people. Um, so in effect, that, that leaves uh, decision makers in City Hall uh, a little bit in the dark about this. And, you know, we can we can have how many people are assigned to a district, but how many people are uh, working, you know, driving cars around at any given time uh, during any given beat is, isn't, you know, readily known. So what we did through this story was we looked at radio assignment pending events, which are instant instances where there are no police cars to respond to a call in a district. And we found that those in total jumped 64% through the end of September from 4,795 last year to 7,854 this year. So those are calls where cops can't respond. If there's a shooting, they'll respond. But if there's something like a burglary, uh, they they will not uh, be able to respond to that immediately. So well, that's an issue. But but it, 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 it's 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 just uh, a, a byproduct of a, a larger issue, and it's a police staffing issue. Well, right, and the argument between the mayor and the FOP and everything else, it all plays into this. Tom Schub is here, one of the writers of this uh, very big analysis in the Chicago Sun-Times. Downtown shootings up 220%. That's the biggest spike in the city. But inside this analysis, you know, part of being a journalist is truth to power. And you wrote, I thought quite delicately and illustratively here, the racial makeup of the victims of shootings downtown would suggest that many are from outside the area while less than 10 percent of downtown residents are african-american they make up three quarters of the shooting victims from this year and last year how do the police how does the mayor respond to that aspect of the story if at all well i mean you, you i think there should be one caveat with the whole, uh, you know, that analysis, which is driven by census numbers and, and shooting data from the police department. But the downtown area is supposed to be everyone's area, right? And not right. even just people from Chicago's area, people from anywhere who wants to come and spend money in Chicago. Right. Come down and spend your money here. That's what it's for. So there shouldn't be any sort of dividing lines of like people who are from outside of downtown shouldn't be 
downtown because it's it's really should be the, the whole city's playground. But yeah, that is what we found, and um, yeah, it's uh, the, the demographic data. Uh, yeah, shows that uh, it, it, it mostly it seems like people from uh, outside of the area are are being victimized in crimes uh, yeah. who don't live. There. Well, you referenced this uh, Professor Lance Williams at Northeastern Illinois who said once downtown people might be the target of a crime you know, from their neighborhood or commit a crime themselves against people they think are less likely to fight back or have a gun. That's what Professor Williams said. But my point being that that's a, that's a rough part of this analysis because you know, the aforementioned neighborhood associations and business uh, associations are going to start saying, well, we want the tourists. But we don't want people from the west and south sides. They wouldn't say that openly, but they'll say, okay, we're just going to shut, shut it down at 7 o'clock. That's it. It's not going to be everybody's playground. That's what's going to happen, I think, unless the mayor and the, and the police can get a handle on this. Right. And, and who, you know, just like I was saying, like, who is downtown for? And, yeah, the idea that maybe some individuals who live outside of the city feel safer to come uh, downtown to either hang out or potentially to commit crime themselves. Um, that, that seems to be what, what uh, Professor Williams was saying there. Um, but, you know, we're coming off of, 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 of these looting incidents, right, that happened downtown, these, these instances of unrest. And one of the most controversial moves that the mayor made, she made two times, and that was to lift the bridges downtown. And a lot of people said, you know, not only did that put, you know, peaceful protesters potentially in a, in a bad position where they were stuck, uh, were, uh, you know, locked in a potentially contentious situation with police with no escape route. But it also sent this message of, you know, what critics said, you know, you're protecting downtown over other areas of the city. Yeah, and, I remember. And, and I think that kind of feeds into this whole thing. It's like, you know, you can't. You can't, uh, can't pull up the drawbridges, literally, and figuratively yeah, and financially. Yeah, you can't pull up the drawbridges, especially on, you know, residents from other parts of, yeah. of the city who, you know, for the most part, I'm sure, are coming downtown to, to peacefully patronize businesses and to, uh, you know, go to restaurants and go to bars and just do normal things yeah. that people do. I know. I mean, if that's, uh, that's uh, the delicate dance between personal freedom and, again, uh collective safety well my compliments to you and your colleagues on this piece it was very illustrative brought a lot of things to mind and the forefront we don't normally talk about glad the numbers are there to back it up and the quotes the verbatims from the professor help as well thank you john i appreciate it all right tom look forward to the next one thanks for uh, jumping on we appreciate it all right take care